Welcome to Kaiseki Anime, where we air new episodes every other week. Kaiseki covers currently airing anime, older series seen recently, and other relevant topics for the season. I'm your host, Marina, of the blog Anime BNB, and with me is my co-host, Draggle, of the cleverly titled Draggle's Anime Blog. This week, we discuss Ranking of Kings. So I don't know about you, but this was kind of a magical show for me from the first episode. I definitely thought that it was unique along with you. This started a couple seasons ago, right? Uh, Just two seasons ago, yeah. Yeah, and it's been going on since then. I remember watching the first episode near the the beginning. Actually, I didn't try it until you pointed it out because I overlooked it. That's right. Yeah, and I I loved the first episode, but for some reason I like stalled. I didn't watch it, and I know you kept praising it, and I kept pushing off talking about it because I hadn't caught up. But now it's over, and I rushed through the rest of it this past week. So what did you think, since you have the freshest impressions? I thought it was phenomenal. I wish, well, I'm not sure I wish this, but I kind of wish that I had gotten on the hype train the first season, because Mm -hmm. the first core is wonderful, probably like the best part of the show. And then I felt like the story kind of derailed a little bit in the second half, but I think it still finished fairly strong. But I also appreciated marathoning this show because I was able to watch it and like burst uninterrupted and then stop whenever I wanted to if I needed to like recover emotionally. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you mean. I I didn't do it quite to the same extent, but I would like save up five episodes and watch them all at once. Yeah. Uh, It's hard to hard to hold off on this one. Do you have any thoughts of what was lacking in the second half? I had a bit of a concern with some of the other threads that were pursued and then not fully finished, even with the last episode. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the handling of one of the major quote unquote villains, I really didn't find it as well crafted as the first core. But just as like a reminder for our listeners who maybe are not as familiar with Ranking of Kings, this is going to be spoiler heavy because the show is fully out now. We've both watched it and completed it. So we're going to be talking about elements through the full season. For those of you who are still wanting to listen, Draggle, do you want to give like a a brief synopsis of this? Sure. Uh, There's this little boy and he's the son of the king. And the king is like a 50 foot tall giant. And the boy is uh, a little, little kid. He's mute. He can't speak, but he can do sign language. And he wants to be a, a great king like his dad. He also can't hear. I guess I always forget that, but that's true. Yeah. There are scenes every now and then from his POV where it's just utterly silent, right? Cause I'm assuming it's reflecting what he's hearing or lack of hearing. And obviously he doesn't speak. He makes sounds, but not in a understandable language other than his sign language, right? Right. But he can't look freed. Yeah. But he doesn't tell anyone. But yeah, initially I thought this was just like a kid's show targeted to young children based oh, on really? the art style. Because if you look at the art, it's like this little boy. It's a very unique art style, right? 
Uh, that's why you didn't watch the first episode. That's right. I like my eyes totally pass over it because like most of the stuff that's targeted at little kids, I tend to just skip. Right. I don't skip And I assume anything. that this was the case. But once you watch the first episode, it's pretty obvious. It's not fair. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. When you like brought this up when we talked how many seasons ago Dude. and you were talking about how great this was, I was like, wait, how did I miss this? And then I remembered like looking at the art. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what happened. Right, right. So, which was the villain that you thought was lacking? Was it uh, Moranjo? Moranjo, the magic mirror character, and like her whole arc that happens in this second half. I see. And we can talk about that when we get to that, but okay. I kind of want to start earlier on from from things that have occurred from the beginning. Yeah, I think the the first thing that really drew me in with this show is the main character and how he's uh, disabled with not being able to speak or hear. Yeah, that's really unique, right? I was uncertain how we were going to fall along with this character if he couldn't, like, communicate with people, right? Like, seemingly can't communicate. Exactly, yeah. But it, And I think it did a really good job of showing, like, how isolated he was and mm-hmm. everyone in his town, like, really looks down at him and judges him. and Right. He, he like, pretends he doesn't realize. And it's, it's quite, quite sad, yeah. It was an extremely sad first episode. I was like, holy shit, there's no one on his side. Like, even the people who supposedly care about him don't seem to think very highly of him, right? Right, like, right. They're protective to a point to where they just show that they have no faith in his abilities, right? That they have to protect him from the world because he can't do it himself. Exactly. Well, and, and some of it, you, you're not sure they care about him at all. Yeah. Like, it, it seems like they all all want to make him not be king and have his brother be king. Right. Like, especially Dida. Yeah, his younger brother from the second wife of King Boss. He seems like a little Joffrey, if you've ever seen Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> he seems like a bit of a bastard, like really mean to his little brother. Exactly. And full of himself. And same with the stepmother. I thought she was like an evil stepmother at first. Queen healing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the the teacher, too. He's like such an asshole to him. Uh, the blonde dude? Yeah, the blonde dude. Well, and the, yeah. the snake dude, too. Yeah, they all seem like villains of a sort, yeah. right? But then that that's like the next thing that really got me is that it turns out you're totally wrong about all of them from your first impression. And honestly, because th- this show does do a lot of backstory, right? It goes back to the past and shows us histories and backstories. Some people I've seen think that it does it excessively. I don't think so. I, I appreciated it. But it's really interesting to see, like, so many of these characters that we have these impressions of at the beginning turns out to be completely wrong. Or it gives you better understanding for why they are the way they are, and you kind of, you know, sympathize with them a little more, even if you don't agree with them. Yeah, I think the one it did the best job on uh, was Hilling. Yeah, she's a great character, right? <laughs> yeah, she seems just like so evil the first time. She's like, oh, she's totally going to murder Boji to make her son the king. Yeah, right? Like she she seems like all she cares about is Dida. Yeah. Uh, and, and the crown. Dida and the crown and Boji can get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. And then it, it turns out that is absolutely not the case. And part of it, I think, too, is you find out a little bit more about this later on. But I think some of that is from what we see, right? Obviously, we have a limited point of view at the beginning. But then I think it's also sort of from Boji's point of view a little bit, because it's not like he's had the chance to really talk with these people around him. And they haven't obviously, like, shared their feelings with him at the start. So, like, what is he supposed to know other than what they're displaying, which is 
discrimination. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really love that about his character, that he seems so weak at the start. This disability seems like it's what is not going to let him be king. or It's what's preventing other people from um, even considering him in that way. But it turns out to be like one of the strongest things about him later on. Exactly. Yeah, it's a real uh, reversal. And a lot of what made that happen is uh, Kage believes in him. Kage is a fantastic character who we also meet at the very beginning. And I feel like this ties in like with another major theme of this story is this idea of like all of the villains. We have a lot of characters who seem villainous. Like we've said this about the people that are around Boji at the start, right? And we see this particularly with Kage and we get some history on that as well. And I feel like this story believes in inherent good and that there is no evil at the start it's like the circumstances around you that sort of form that evil and kage at that point is like his people because of how they are are often used for criminal acts right because they can hide in the shadows they can pass through undetected so they can steal they can murder they can do all these things that you associate with bad right <laughs> And that's what he's had to do to survive after his entire family and everyone that he knows of his kind are slaughtered. Yeah. And because of that stigma, because of that assumption that everyone has about the kind of thing that he is, he's unable to actually find honest work from a very young age. And like, that's, that's a huge thing to have to deal with from a very young age. So it's not surprising that he would turn, he would actually follow through with those expectations and turn to crime to survive. Right. But then we even see in his backstory that stealing was still like his way of trying to find a place to belong. Right. With that, that guy that takes him in. It's like so mm. sad. Yeah. That was a sad backstory. Right. Because like, He's stealing for this dude, but he really just wants to have a place to have his home, and the guy is taking advantage of that. Right. But even then, even then, at the end, that guy shows that he actually had a little smidgen of caring. Like, <laughs> really, really small, but it was there. Yep, yep. Even the the demon is a cute little girl. I don't know what the demon was. Are we talking about the one that Miranjo makes the deal with and yeah, the one that yeah, grants that wishes? One. Yeah, and like... You see him in the other realm just chomping on people's souls, and it's terrifying, right? Like, <laughs> when you see that, your gut instinct is that this is evil, right? Right. And then we see the origin of what the devil was like, this demon was like when it was a child, and it kind of changes your uh, your view, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, and I don't think it really changed. It just, like, got, uh, then they say that, like, because it... Uh, did things for people that's what turned it evil and then the little girl was still trapped in the demon's stomach yeah it's a really interesting point they're taking with specifically the demon because i feel like it's shooting itself in the foot a little mm -hmm. depending on how people interpret it because i feel like a lot of the lessons in this story is about like caring for others doing things for others and good things will happen eventually. But then in the case of the demon, it seems like it grants people's wishes and it actually makes it more and more of a monster. Like that's just a bad result, isn't it? Yeah, to an extent. Well, I mean, it's certainly a bad result, but it, it does get to fulfill people's wishes, I guess. Right. So the question I have is, if the wish comes from a place of goodness, would the same result have happened to the demon like it says that it becomes more and more of a monster with each wish that it grants but is that because of the kind of wish being asked i don't know if that's uh, ever like brought up yeah i don't know it doesn't seem like we've really uh finished the demon story though. we haven't 
We totally haven't. Nah. Like, there seems to be some kind of closure because they, like, wave goodbye, but that doesn't... I mean, he's still there. He still does horrible things, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do see how some people would say it's a little overdone, though, because they, they did the same thing with so many people. What do you mean? Making them start out seeming like these horrible people, and then it turns out they were actually really good. Oh, you think it's overdone? I wasn't necessarily saying that, but is that what you think? No. Um, you, you said a lot of people thought it was overdone, I thought. Oh, no. I think people, uh, some complaints I saw were just that they thought there was too much, like, stepping back into the past and telling backstories. Like, it was excessive about, like, side characters. Oh, Not I necessarily see. that it's about, like, them being bad and then turning out to be good. I see. I, I feel like most of the backstory was for the same reason, though. Because you, you think they're, they're doing all this bad stuff and then it turns out they're, they're actually, had good reasons to start with. That's fair. I don't agree, but that's fair. Yeah. No, I, I wasn't saying it was too much. I, I actually liked it. Yeah, I did too. I didn't think it was distracting from the main storyline. Like, there are a lot of characters. That was another complaint I saw was that someone thought, some tweet I saw, was there complaining about, oh, they keep introducing all these characters. I can't, like, keep them straight. Like, we're going to keep meeting new people. Uh, <laughs> and I, like... Silly. I was earlier on in the show when I saw that tweet, right? So I was kind of scared. I'm like, oh, well, I mean, that's kind of typical of fantasy to have like a lot of characters, right? And like, this is a big journey that they're going across multiple kingdoms. Of course, they're going to meet lots of people. But when I got there, like I, I got to the end of the show and I was like, you know what? I don't think I had any problem keeping straight who was who. No, it's really easy. They all have very yeah. unique designs. They're all very unique. They all make sense to the story. I may like some more than others, but they all like had their place and it made sense. I, as you know, like, I can never keep track of all the characters, but right. this this show I had no trouble. Now, is that because of the character designs or actually because of the writing? <laughs> That's because of the character designs. Oh, okay. <laughs> they all look different. <laughs> the worst yeah, this, is the these stupid, uh, crazy. stupid school shows where everyone wears the same clothes and they all the have the uniform. same hair styles. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's impossible to keep track of those people. Well, and because you've got, like, other, so many other school anime, so it's, like, easy to sort of blend in and be like, oh, well, this character is basically this remake of this other character from this other show. Exactly. And I feel like Ranking of Kings is so unique in how it looks that you don't make those comparisons as much. Yeah. You think I'm going to mix up the guy with the giant three-headed snake with the spear guy, with the, the betrayal teacher, with the crossbow guy? They're all completely different. They're all totally unique. Yeah. Definitely. Even though all those people have the same job, basically. <laughs> and like you said, like, while there was a lot of backstory, and it's true, like, a lot of it was featuring, like, this transformation of the good to bad, quote-unquote bad, um, I appreciate all of that history. Yeah. It was well-placed well and really added to everything. I, I, I kind of disagree as well with these people saying that these are, like, side characters detracting from the main story. I, I feel like this is the main story. It's all about how uh, Boji learns to uh, come out in the world and to uh, get confidence. Yeah, and it's about the people that surround him. Yeah. Like how he affects them, how they affect him, right? how they affect each other. They're all important to the overall story. Exactly. In addition to this sort of theme about like inherent goodness... And then going into all that backstory, 
uh, a pretty strong theme as well in this story is like talking about life and how it compares to immortality, right? Like that's a goal of quite a few characters in the show. Some of them have been, have attained that immortality, right? And I think it's, it's like drawing a stark comparison to, to appreciating the shortness of life, how it's fleeting. And I feel like one of the major magics that we see in this, like there's a lot of magic in this show. Um, it's not like the main thing, but it's like seemingly like every day. <laughs> but one of the main ones that we see is healing magic. Uh, and healing has that. And it turns out Dida has that. Oh my god, I just realized why her name is Healing. <laughs> well, I guess of her healing magic? Yeah. I, I don't know if that's true, but it's a big coincidence, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I feel so dumb now. <laughs> I mean, that's partly why it's so easy for me to remember her name. <laughs> I was always thinking, like, this is such a weird name. <laughs> Queen Healing, yes. But wait, I, I've, I feel like no one actually wanted immortality. Did, did anyone? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the whole quest of the father like the original demon king he really wanted immortality he was studying how humans could obtain or how people can obtain that and that's why he tried to have like three children and then only one of them prince oaken was the one who actually got it all uh, right i guess that's true and to an extent i feel like there is that fear in um king boss when he was younger of not wanting to die. That I thought was a little bit murkier because I don't know if he ever truly wanted to live forever, but he certainly didn't turn it down. Like he went along with Miranjo and allowed these terrible things to happen to people that he loved around him, knowing that it would extend his life. Yeah, but I think he wanted to make Miranjo happy more than he wanted to be immortal. Yeah, that's definitely an argument, and I I think I agree with that. Um, I think she didn't want him to die. That's for sure. Right? Like, she wanted to make his dream come true, which was to be, like, what? Like, the strongest man ever? The the number one king or something? Right, right. Or what, whatever she thought that his, his wish was. Like, in an offhand comment he made when they were journeying together, right? <laughs> like, he's like, oh, I thought this life was better than I expected. It's different than my former wish. And she's like, former wish? What's this? <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, and I think you've got those examples of what immortality does to these people who do get a hold of them, is the cost is very high. You have the people who who actually went after it, Miranjo, and what does that mean? That means, like, he's robbing his child of his strength. I mean, that's how we find out, like, why Boji is as weak as he is, right? Why he's so small, why he has no strength, and how Boss has such overwhelming, staggering strength. It's because he took that from his son. Right. And then later on, after he supposedly dies, like what the cost is to bring him back to life, which is his second son's body. I mean, come on. Like how (laughs) that's such a high price to pay. And he knew about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have Oaken, who didn't ask for immortality, Prince Oaken of the underworld. And he like apparently loses all of his humanity because of that immortality when that kicks in. Great. Which is a really sad story. That was very sad. Yeah, and then it seems like uh, his brother is going to be in trouble soon, too, with him going to the treasury. Yeah, that's another thread that's left open, right? Yeah. Because they set that up, and then they don't actually show us what happens, because you're supposed to get some sort of reward from being the number one king. Right. Do we know what King Boss got for being the number one? I don't think so. 
Yeah, I was wondering that when they were taking the king of the underworld to get his prize. And I was like, well, what did boss get? Is this something I should be concerned about? So I wish they had shown more about that. And I, I feel like both of the um, brothers there, like you have Oaken who gets released and then decapitated and his head is like thrown into a lake and then gobbled up by a large fish. Like what's going to happen there? That's obviously not good, right? Okay, actually, that's, I wanted to ask you, that's the one character I forgot who he is. Who was the guy who threw his head in the lake? He was one of the prisoners who escaped when, you know, the guys got out of the prison in the underworld uh, and they, like, came out into the kingdom. He was one of the guys. And remember when they're, like, fighting in front of the, in front of the throne and then Oaken, like, decapitates the dude or, like, kills the dude who was parading around trying to be king? That was the guy that he, like, threw, threw out the window that you thought was dead for, like, most of the show. Oh, I see. Apparently he survives and he comes back and then he, like, decapitates Oaken. Okay, no wonder I forgot who that guy was. Okay, so there's one character you forgot. Yeah, but I remember the big giant prisoner, of course. He, the, uh, he was nice I don't even guy. know what race that is. The green dude? Yeah, the green dude. He is cool. Gigan, that's right. Gigan was awesome. Of course, Gigan, the giant. That's actually a question I wanted to ask you, is how do you feel about the way this show handles its villains and what some people that I've read seem to think is too soft-handed, too quickly forgiven? Yeah, I mean, I can see the argument for that. Most of the villains do all these evil things and then they don't have uh, have too many consequences, especially yeah. uh, Miranda. Especially Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. She's perhaps the most egregious example of it, but it does happen to a lot of other characters, Gigan included. Yeah, well, Gigan, Gigan I have a lot more sympathy for, because he is clearly not very smart. <laughs> his, his actions were because he's dumb? I think so, mostly. <laughs> if he had good mental health care, none of this would have been a problem. <laughs> <laughs> if they had, like, shelled out and, like, taken care of him mentally, perhaps he would have made better choices. Exactly. I feel like a lot of those criminals who kind of go crazy are, you know, in need of some mental assistance. Exactly. And that, that's that's partly why I I don't really object to it too much. Miranda, though, I don't know. That was a bit much. <laughs> Especially when she hooked up with the son. That was just weird. Yes, yes that is the, <laughs> the topic I wanted to bring up, is that... When that happens, I posted a screenshot of, like, the look on Helene's face when Prince Dida's like, I'm going to marry her. <laughs> I shared that same shock and horror. I was like, wait, what? What? <laughs> of all the things this woman has done, of all of the death that she has caused, yeah, her story is sad. It is terrible. It is, some might say, unforgivable what happened to her. But you're going to marry her? <laughs> the other thing is, like, she never even met him before, right? Oh. Oh, no, well, that's not She true. did in the, she mirror. in the mirror. She watched him that. from birth. Yeah. That's true. Wait, she so has that's so watched creepy. him from a child. She groomed him, Draggle. You're right. She's, uh, this is child <laughs> grooming. She, she groomed him because, remember, the mirror was given to Dido by Boss when he was young. And it's been in his room since. And she, like, constantly gave him advice. She steered him along his path. Now, you oh, mustn't forget that she I is the mirror. And that. Yeah. I thought she he only got the mirror recently. I didn't know he had it all his childhood. 
Well, I don't know about the child, but, but I th- they show a scene. I don't know how old Dida is, but they do show where it's gifted to him by his father. Interesting. Um, and he looks kind of similar, so maybe it's not as long as I think it might have been. But like, it is because of Mirancho that Dida exists at all. She's the one who instrumented his birth. That's true. Yeah, that's so creepy. Isn't it? Like, okay, she she instrumented both of their births, right? Because she's the one who kind of like encourages Boss to get his first wife. Right. And that gives birth to Boji. And then she encourages or she's the one who like strategizes the death of his mother, right? (laughs) And then she sets up this marriage with healing so that he can have a second son whose body he can take over. And then she gets to groom Dida from a young age. And now she's going to marry him. Yeah, but only because uh, his father, who she actually wanted to marry, died. Right. And she mar- she marries him, like, the same day. Did we see the marriage? I don't even know. Well, just... she, they agree to get married the same day. They agree to get married. She doesn't <laughs> say no. <laughs> no. She, she seems so happy about it, too. She seems... Uh, I don't know if it's relief or joy. You know what I mean? Like, she's she seems relieved that she's not going to get executed or something, and that she's not going to be eaten, her soul chewed up by the child demon. <laughs> <laughs> and because Dida says it's okay, everyone's got to go with it. Uh, yeah. Now, I That's mean, I'm sure he weird. didn't say... It, he doesn't actually say it's okay. He does say that she has to pay for what she did by bringing joy to others, right? Like, that. that is her punishment quote-unquote punishment yeah she has to turn around and like make people happy well i I feel like dida is still very stupid but at least he (laughs) he learned some compassion a little bit yeah i think that was great his time spent in the shadow realm when he finally has that realization about boji he's all like wait is this what it's been like for him all this time to be like i can't hear anything i can't see anything everything's black yeah. And then he, like, willingly gives up his crown to his brother. Yeah. He gets it back at the end. But, I mean, A plus for effort. Yeah. So I, I did, like, that part of the Miranda story. But, yeah, the, the marriage was, uh... Mm. <laughs> I wish they had not done that. Like, I feel like there are other ways they could have done it in a satisfying way that would help you feel like maybe she is going to atone for her sins, but isn't done in, like, a really gross way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other controversy that uh, people thought was really gross, did you hear about this thing with uh, the one village that looked like Korea? No, I just remember thinking that that story was horrific. Yeah. So apparently there's this nice article by Froggy on the Anime News Network mm-hmm. where that village it supposedly like looks very like uh, Korean villages before the Japanese colonization. And people think it's like an analog for that, that these. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Koreans are so ungrateful to the Japanese for making their lives better. That is a hot topic right there. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't have even noticed this if I hadn't read this article by Froggy. The pictures really make that comparison even more telling. Yeah. And it seems like the mangaka hasn't actually confirmed or fully denied these allegations, right? Right. I think he just didn't say anything. What is your feeling on the matter? Well, I feel like the the picture of the pre uh, colonization village does look very similar. Um, mm. So I I feel like he's probably like influenced somewhat by the racism there. And I also didn't like that arc very much. I mean, I don't think you're supposed to. It's supposed to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, but I 
I, I do think that, like, at least overall, it's a very small part of the whole story. Yeah. There's a comment here in the article that says something about, like, taking this this uh, interpretation. Like, it might be inspired, or perhaps the mangaka kind of got the idea from this, but, like, they probably would have wrote it this way either way, even if this comparison wasn't, like, so obvious. Hmm to sort of build up the tragedy of Miranjo's background. Right. But to take this, like, strong opinion says, quote, says more about the reader than it does about the work, which I think is an interesting take and maybe not incorrect. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think it says something about the work, too. But I, I think for the most part, the show's heart is in the right place. In the right place, for the most part. <laughs> Some questionable moves made. Yeah, the, the other... I did like the story about uh, Kage. And his, uh, the great racism towards Kage. Although actually that, that was kind of unsatisfying as well. Cause like Boji grows up and he gets accepted, but then Kage leaves and he's never going to find that. He like needs Boji, which I thought was really sad. Yeah. Right. Like my expectations were that Boji was going to stay king of the kingdom and that Kage was going to stay as like his right hand man. Yeah. And. Together, they would, you know, strengthen the kingdom and people's opinions, and there might be less discrimination overall. And the story was like, oh, we're going to turn this around to where Kage is going to have this horrible time trying to make it on his own. People are still going to, like, assume the worst about him. We're going to see him struggle. Like, that was hard to watch, right? Yeah. Him, like, trying to, to get a job, honest work, and, and then his like, house getting so, destroyed. He's so cheerful about it and stuff, too. Cheerful with tears in his eyes, Draggle. <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. And, like, part of me was like, stop it. Just go back and be with your friend. But then it's also, like, sad that, yeah, why doesn't he get his justice, right? Like, he should be able to stand on his own as well. Yeah. And maybe that will be the goal of the second season, if that ever is announced. I don't think that's ever been announced, right? No, I don't think so. I, I heard that the manga isn't finished yet. Yeah, so if, like, Boji, because as it turns out, Boji, like, turns his crown over to Daida and decides that he wants to keep on adventuring with his best bud, Kage, and they go off to start their own kingdom. And, like, maybe that would be a great goal of the of the second season is to, like, give Kage that satisfaction. It's, it is unfortunate, like you said, that he, it seems like the story says he needs Boji at his side for this, but I think their friendship is also beautiful. Yeah, I agree. So what did you end up rating this, Draggle? I think I gave it uh, A-. minus. A-? minus. Yeah, I can see that. What did you dock it on? Oh, A- minus is really good. I didn't really... It just could have been What made it an better. A- minus instead of a plus? Uh, it wasn't a true masterpiece like Twin Tails. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I think Twin Tails is A- minus too. But uh, I've only given 10 A's in the history of my block. Wow, and this is one of them. No. Are you counting A minus as, as part of the A category? No, I was just counting A. This one's A minus. Oh, straight A. Yeah. Wow. There is more A minus. There's probably like 50 A minus. So I was really positive after the show, and I gave it like a 10 out of 10. I was like, ah, oh, this is great. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> There's nothing else like this. And then after like sleeping and thinking about it, I was like, you know, there are things I don't like. And there are open threads. This needs like more development. And I loved the first half more than the second half. Miranjo should not be wife. <laughs> <laughs> she is not waifu material. So then I docked it down to like a nine or something, eight or nine. And uh, I stand by that choice. <laughs> okay. So it seems like we had similar thoughts. Yeah. But I would not say no to a second season. Yeah. I'm tempted to read the manga too. 
We'll see. You should let me know how it goes if you do, and maybe I'll try it. Well, dear. Tune in again to Kaiseki Anime Podcast two weeks from now. Please feel free to send us questions or comments on Twitter with hashtag Kaiseki Anime Podcast or on our individual accounts at Drago underscore Kuhn and at Anime BNB. Listen to your on our full podcast so you can continue to grow and improve. You can also find us on Google Play and Spotify. Thanks for listening. See you next time.